Coming to you from 27 miles west of downtown Chicago, Illinois, you're listening to 27 West, produced by the congregations of Wheaton Bible Church and Iglesia del Pueblo in West Chicago, Illinois, and Tri-Village Church, our campus in nearby Streamwood. Our purpose is to make this very large body of Christ a little smaller as we meet and learn from one another. Welcome to 27 West Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Murray, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Amy Salava. Hi. Music by Amy Mueller. And our guest this week, we're so excited, is Heather Green. Hey. So guys, we want this podcast to be a place for you to get to know people in our church's community better, to learn a little, and to laugh a lot. So, how's everyone doing? Good. Yeah, I feel pretty good you feel good yeah I'm excited why do you to be feel here. so good right now heather well, what did you just do all right i mean i just came from the tennis court which was was pretty fun i yeah. just you know i'm not i don't know wouldn't say it's super put together right at this yeah. moment yeah yeah like a little sweaty it's a good thing that we don't have scent or sight broadcast that's broadcast. right yeah. but i feel good now you you love tennis like tell, yeah. Yeah, tell yeah. us a little bit about tennis and heather all right. Well, I, I grew up playing tennis. I started playing when I was a kid. My family all plays. My dad plays. Actually, my husband and I pretty much mm-hmm. met on the tennis court. Oh. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good story. You want that story? Uh, yeah. 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 All right. So we, Mike also plays tennis. And so we would go out when I was in college um, and he had graduated and play with our dad. Okay, pause. Also pause played. real quick. Yep. All right. Can we get some tennis love music? Yeah. Tennis yeah. music. Yeah. You you know you know <laughs> tennis music. Everyone knows tennis music. I mean, t- little tennis music. What do you music, listen to Amy? on the court? Yeah. How about this? You know what? When I was a kid, my dad used to pump me up for matches with Star Wars music. Oh wow! Yeah, we would play the star. He would play the Star Wars. Okay, so tell us about tennis. Yeah, so yeah. that's Mike perfect. I feel like I'm court. ready to play now. <laughs> Fifteen love. Yeah, and then also Indiana Jones. So just I mean, like you have. Feel free to have at it, Amy. Um, so we would play tennis with our dads. We'd go out and play doubles. And my dad, who is not a subtle person who has loved Mike since he met him, um, we'd play. And then my dad, who had brought me to the tennis courts, would say something like, Oh, I have a thing I have to go to. Mike, why don't you take Heather home? And you should probably stop at Starbucks on the way because tennis isn't tennis without refreshment afterwards. So say all that? That dad? was, yeah, absolutely. This is, that's the kind of person my dad is. And so that, that's how everything started. I feel like usually dads are not like super excited yeah, about like, setting up their daughter. I don't, oh, I'm not man. excited about that. Yeah, well, I don't. Mike's a Mike's a pretty awesome how old guy. I was in my, I mean, in my twenties. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I that, guess maybe that's, that's yeah. Different. So yeah. it's not. Maybe, I mean, yeah. you have you have a fourteen Yours is in high Yeah, she's fourteen. Yeah. So it's that's a different story. Yeah. Take her home. No. No. <laughs> Do not stop at Starbucks. Don't even talk to her. Yeah. So, um, so you also coach tennis and yeah, um, at Wheaton Academy, I coach, yeah. coach the girls there. Um, they are great. This is my, I'm going into my fourth year. Well, that's awesome. There, and it's yeah, it's a that's blast. Pretty cool. A lot yep. of fun. Yes, so much fun. I get to go out and play with them during the season, and yeah, it's great. Just a great team, great group of girls, great people over there. So, what, what do you like better? You like better playing or coaching? Oh, that is a really good question because really just recently in the past few weeks, I remembered how much I love playing tennis because I had kind of forgotten because I've been coaching and teaching lessons and doing stuff like that, which is fun. And I love the coaching element because you get to develop relationships with yeah. um, with students and high schoolers who I love, um, but I doesn't didn't play a lot. 
on my own. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a couple weeks ago, I went back out and did some drills and thought, That's great. I actually like this game. What do you know? <laughs> now, we're going to get to, like, your involvement with student ministries yeah. and stuff like that. But I, I want to hear a little more about, like, young Heather growing up, your dad. I know he's a pastor. Yeah. Um, tell us all about, like, like that. Okay. Who, is, who is Heather? Yeah, who's oh, Heather man. Green? <laughs> all right. Well, let's go back to Racine, Wisconsin. Okay. Oh. Home of the Kringle and Heather Green. Oh, that's great. <laughs> right, yeah. The Kringle. Do you know what the Kringle is? No. no. What? Is that Seriously? a food? Yeah. What, what's a Kringle? It's like a giant pastry is it fried no okay baked but with like some kind of icing and mm. fruit it's mm-hmm. delicious yeah from sounds Racine, like a donut kind of i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna get a kringle you and bring it to the yeah. that's a real dropped ball on my part yeah. uh, she's not coming back yeah <laughs> all right well this has been uh, nice and well, we're and done if you'd like to know more about <laughs> it <laughs> uh yeah racine wisconsin so i mean that's a very small part i was born there but then we moved, we lived out in California for a little while. Mm-hmm. My dad was a pastor out there. And then we moved to Illinois, where I've spent most of my life since first grade. Okay. And my dad was a pastor at a church up in Arlington Heights. Um, I So I grew up, you know, in the church. I have one of those stories that seem really vanilla, people like to say. But I'm so thankful for having that kind of story uh, because, really, I've had Christ in my life since I was born which is pretty awesome yeah. to have that as a consistent part of your life since birth. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, I was in the church. I did all the Awana stuff. Yeah. Uh, was really involved in everything at the church. Did youth group, was on leadership team, helped lead worship every now and then, stuff like that. Um, in high school, I mean, high school and college, I feel like were really formative times in my life. And so... I'd say my high school especially was defined by really, I mean, not to sound braggy, but a lot of success on the surface where, mm-hmm. you know, I did I did well. I did well in school. I did well on the tennis court. I was in theater. I was in leadership at school and at church and involved in a lot of things. Um, but then really, I mean, just right under the surface, what I dwelt in for the most part was this really, I mean, self-loathing and feeling like I was not enough. I mean, that Mm. was like, that's what I would tell myself, that you are worthless. You are useless no matter what you do. Really? Um, And so that was so such a defining characteristic because, I mean, everyone, I I remember thinking, if anyone knew who I really was, man, they would not like me at all. They wouldn't want to be anywhere near me. And so I felt like I had to hide myself um, and also just prove that I was worthy of whatever it was, anything, uh, love or respect or uh, anything you could ever want. And so I just felt like I wasn't there, which really, I mean, like when it comes down to it is <laughs> means that even though I was super involved at church, I was missing the biggest, most important part of Christianity, which is that we have this amazing grace given to us. Yeah. Like that's the linchpin. That's what it is. <laughs> if we don't have that, we don't have anything. And so, um, so even though... I mean, I never doubted God. I never doubted his grace for other people, but I just really, there was a disconnect for me where I couldn't see that that grace applied to me. And so that's kind of where I was in high school and in college. What it led to for me was a pretty severe eating disorder, really? some mm-hmm. self-harm stuff, uh, which, you know, is is death in one form or another. Right. Um, even if it's not, you know, even if you don't get to the point where it's a physical death, that's that's some kind of spiritual death because you're cutting yourself off from your life, from Mm -hmm. 
from the life that Christ gives you um, because you're just trying to make things work on your own. Um, and so it got me to a point where really my junior year in college, I remember I was in South Dakota in the Black Hills for a science program that Wheaton College puts on. And I was out for a run and was just cycling through through in my mind all these emotions and feelings of just like, oh, you are the worst. You're the worst. And it got to the point where I was just spiraling so much and felt so hopeless that I find in like in a fit of really anger and rage, I was like, okay, God, this is yours now. Let's see what you can do because clearly I can't fix this. Um, so, I mean, I think sometimes I laugh at it. Like, you know, we, we're supposed to, it says we're supposed to present our request to God, which to me seems like something like, fancy and refined like I picture the scene from Beauty and the Beast where like Mm -hmm. and now the dining room presents your dinner like (laughs) that kind of thing and so my presentation of my request to God was really like hurling it in his his face yeah in like a tantrum Um, but because God is so good in his love and grace he said okay I'll take that Um, and he began this process of helping me shift my eyes from myself and feeling like I had to do things to make myself better and make myself worthy to pointing to him and how he's going to cover all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really, I mean, that's the, that's one of those moments that I will always, always go back to. I mean, I think of both Old Testament and New Testament when, when God's followers are at their best, they're, reminding themselves of what God has done for them. And that's one of those moments that I will always remind myself of. Like, look what God did for you. You felt like you had nothing and you were nothing and you were hopeless and lost. And he said, all right, I can work with that. And so I have to preach that memory to myself of that yeah. redemption and that mm-hmm. saving from myself. Um, so that now, I mean, man, I would never have guessed when I was in high school and college uh, that I would feel the freedom that I do now, which is mind-blowing. I mean, I never felt like I could be myself or be comfortable in my own skin because I had to just prove myself to everyone around me and to myself. And now I can rest in a way that I could never rest. And that's that's yeah. pretty incredible. That is awesome. Um, you said that, like, in high school and college, you dealt with, like, eating disorders and self-harm. Like, can, do you mind talking about that? Just what, like, how did you overcome that? Or how did other people come alongside you? Or what, what did that look like? Because that is a real issue. What advice would you give to those people who maybe are currently dealing with that? Or maybe have family members or friends who are? Like, what, what would you tell them? Yeah, I... Ooh, I wish there was an easy answer <laughs> to it. Yeah, that's a big question. Um, because for me, I mean, as much as I'd love to say, man, I got back from that run and I was healed, which mm-hmm. God can do that. That's not how it worked for me. And I mean, honestly, there are times, even now, I mean, however many years removed that when I'm in a really stressful or dark place, I can feel those those nudges to get back into like mm-hmm. to try and harm myself in some way or just you know like oh I'm gonna just skip that meal and that's uh that's something that I think is always going to be with me um but again by the grace of God I'm able to resist that like I know I have boundaries set up and I know when I'm starting to get unhealthy and um and so I can put I have some things in place just to help me uh when I mean when I first tried to you know, get out of that. I guess it's, I mean, and it's it, both self-harm and eating disorders are a form of addiction and addictions are, are 
tough to kick. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> when, when you ask about like people coming alongside and helping out and advice to give people who, uh, who want to help other people in their life, um, I think, man, you got You got to have a lot of grace because I think back to who I was and how many people I lied to because I didn't want to get called out on this addiction and I didn't want to give it up, and uh, and people who I hurt because I would get angry at them for mm-hmm. trying to take pry it out of my hands and um and so to go in I mean if you have someone in your life who you care about who you want to speak into their life to not be afraid to do that but also to know that the response might not be what you're hoping for because it's not an easy thing to just fix Uh, because even when I was in the worst I didn't want to be hurting myself I didn't want to be starving myself but it felt like I couldn't break that cycle on my own um, that said, I do have people in my life who I know saw me and reached in to try and help me. And I'm so grateful because even though in a lot of those situations I didn't respond positively then, those were moments where I heard God speaking through other people into my life saying, hey, this is just a nudge. Mm-hmm. You, you got to get out of this. And and so, I mean, <laughs> it's funny. I just listened to Lon's podcast with you guys. And when you talk about evangelism, I feel like the steps out of addiction are similar where, you know, we're just hoping to move someone along just a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so to not go in and feel like, man, if I have the best conversation with this person who's hurting, she's going to be fixed. Yeah. We're uh, such fixers. We want to fix right. them so quickly. Yeah. yeah. And that won't happen. I mean, you can help maybe put up structures. I had my college tennis coach, Jane Nelson, who is one of the most influential people in my life, um, saw, saw me, forced me, like forced me. I really mean that forced me to go to counseling or I would not be allowed to play on the tennis team. Mm -hmm. She would give me energy bars that I would have to eat or she wouldn't let me play. Um, and so, you know, tough love kind of things, but always with, with grace alongside of it to, to show, man, I know you're hurting, but we also need to acknowledge that this is this is bad. Um, you mentioned the the power of the gospel and how you have to teach that. You have to say that to yourselves a lot, like what God has done. It's not what we do, it's what's been done. And so how do you help someone come out of an addiction? Because there's a lot of do in that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> we so I mean, especially I'm I'm kind of more, I didn't mention this when I was talking about my story earlier, but I'm like, I'm a type A. I like checklist, quantifiable <laughs> you're a type, goals. Really? I know. She told me that wow. yesterday too. And I, I said, well, you're here's type the deal. So free okay, and yeah. loving, like, hey, whatever. <laughs> I'm Heather Green. Let's just have fun. A, I would say I'm a reform perfectionist. Oh, I mean, and wow. I really, I mean that seriously where I, again, those like the, the, the chains that were on me from, having to measure up for so long that now I kind of, I try and rebel against that as much as I can and try and be as real as possible. And Mm -hmm. I mean, like, especially I love, so high school students are, are my people. (laughs) I love, I love students. And so I do a lot here at church with students. I coach the high school tennis team. Part of that is because my high school experience was so so much defined by me putting myself in a certain box. And I just want them to feel free to lean into how awesome God has made them mm-hmm. as individuals earlier than I was able to. Yeah. And, and you, and you, you're really involved here with student ministries and 
Yeah. Stuff. I mean, you, you've how many years been working? This is my fifth year. Yeah. Yep, fifth year. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome. We have such a great team. Uh, Jake Fry is leading us on. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, I mean, I cannot say enough good things about student ministries. I I mean, you guys know I just mm-hmm. show up at the office. Yeah, all you the do time. Yeah. a lot. Yeah, I know. It's People... nice. It's we always think you're on staff. It's great. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, and I will say just about you serving in student ministries. Like I've seen you serve, and you like you mentioned that you want students to feel free to be who they are. But you do that even in the leadership capacity where you know what different students are good at, and you help equip them to do that inside of the ministry. Like yeah. if they're good at photography you you send them out to take pictures and even stuff like that where it's just little things that they have talents for and they have passions for that you're just without you even I don't even know if you realize that you do it or if you even say the words but they know oh like this is my space I feel safe here and I feel wanted and like I can use my passions in this environment oh well thank you I mean really honestly I feel like one of one of the gifts God has given me is that it sounds funny, but I just, I really like people. <laughs> yeah. I just really do. Like, I I can't really think of a person I don't like, and I love getting to know people because, man, God made us fascinating in how different we are, and that's just so cool. And so I love getting the chance to see individuals and see what God has given them and then figure out a way that, where they can, you know, come to life using yeah. those gifts, and especially students, because I feel like... I mean, my idea with students has always been they can do so much, and a lot of times they just need to be told, hey, here's a chance for you to do this thing, mm-hmm. and then they'll take it and they'll yeah. crush it. You know, I, I was reading Bob Goff's book today, and uh, his last one, and he said uh, in there, he keeps saying this, it's it's not who you who you were, it's who you're becoming. Yeah. I can totally see you saying that. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah, the, I mean, the other thing... Just since we're talking about service, the thing that I actually had a paradigm shift last week, um, and I'm totally stealing this from someone else. I was listening to a sermon by Charlie Dates, who's a pastor in Chicago. You didn't steal and... it. You just did. That was a good job. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, Charlie. I appreciate this. Actually, Charlie <laughs> Dates. should probably be a little and more I respectful. this message. Thank you, Pastor Dates, okay. for this word. Yeah. And he was just talking about ministry and what it means to be in ministry and what it means to serve and how if we're serving for ourselves, obviously, that's not great. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that was that was probably me in high school. I wouldn't have said it like that because I really wanted to go and serve selflessly. But it was mostly with a focus on myself. But the thing he said, which was such a good shift for me, was if you're going to serve people, you're also going to fail there. Because mm. ultimately, I mean, sometimes you're going to come up against people who don't want to be served and don't want to be helped or don't want to be served in that particular way. But if you're serving Jesus— all those other things are going to fall into place and you are going to better serve the people you're called to serve. Um, and so that's, I mean, I've been trying to take that with me and everything that I do that. All right. So even if you don't get the thanks, if you're in a thankless job, even if you are in a ministry capacity where, you know, no one knows that you even have done anything, mm-hmm. you're serving Jesus. And if you're doing that really truly with your heart, it's going to be okay that you're not, getting any feedback either even because i mean god knows what you have done and he he is glorified through your work whether you realize what that impact is whether you see the fruit of what you're doing and i think that's that's an amazing thing and something that you have to 
have you to have keep to, in mind, yeah. which is so hard. And you have to kind of work at that, like, okay, why am I doing this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. it's those things you have to preach to yourself over and mm-hmm. over and over again. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned earlier that, that you love people. And, and, and I know, and we know you love all kinds of people, um, ethnicities, you love in, us, included, so that's and you love Ooh, us, and that's that's a big <laughs> ask right there. But like from the the inception of Twenty Seven West, we've we have had that desire to have different ethnicities um, represented here, and I I we've had some really great podcasts. Yeah. I know your your um your father is a pastor of a church with a lot of ethnicities. Yeah. In it. So I, we would love to hear because like our five year goal or plan or vision for Wheaton Bible is to to be a multi-ethnic church. Yep. So your dad's Love doing that. it. Maybe give us some advice from his life. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, all right. I mean, I'll I'll try though. I feel like I mean, full disclosure, we are we're broken human beings and yeah. so uh, our goal should always be to represent what the kingdom looks like, but that's going to be hard because yeah. we're we're in a broken world. Uh, and so we have to have that heart to make those changes, and which which is why I'm so stoked about this initiative. This mm-hmm. is it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Um, because we have a real kingdom vision to look like we're called to look with every tribe and nation and colored with every social demographic, with every age, with men and women together serving. And it's it's gonna be incredible. Uh, my dad, I mean, just a little story about my dad. He's, he's awesome. I mean, I'm a little biased, you, you but he's him. awesome. Yeah. yeah he's I'm really, I'm really, he's yeah. totally sorry. Everyone at Wheaton Bible, but yeah, <laughs> he is my favorite pastor yeah. without a doubt. That's awesome. Um, am I allowed to plug other podcasts? Because Lake Avenue Church oh. of Pasadena, We're gonna you can that hear out. his sermons. Oh man. Just kidding. Yeah, you can hear his sermons <laughs> yeah, there. No. Um, but really my dad, I mean, this is, Yeah. The issue of multiculturalism and diversity is something that is is just part of my heart. And I think a lot of that is because of how I was raised in the house with my parents. And my dad's heart is for diversity. Uh, he's always talked about this unlikely family that we're thrown into that's different from everything that you see in this world, that God has gathered together people who look different and come from totally different backgrounds. And he's brought us together to create this thing that is jarring to the rest of the world because we shouldn't get along. We shouldn't, it, it shouldn't work. But, um, but that's my dad's heart. And so, yeah, he's a, he's the pastor out at Lake Ave in Pasadena. Um, it's a super cool church. It's in a really interesting area where you have, um, some of the wealthiest people living there. And then you also mm-hmm. have blocks where, um, I don't know the exact stats, but where you had some of the highest crime rates in all of America, and they're all within walking distance of the church. Wow. And yeah. so the congregation is is super diverse. I mean, totally, totally different people coming in those doors and worshiping together. And um, yeah, it's... It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful place. And that's something that's been close to my dad's heart since since he was a kid in West Virginia. And uh was it I'm just I'm gonna tell my dad's story. You can yeah. totally you can yeah. totally cut it out. You probably will want to cut it out. But this is a great story. So listen to it from him after I tell it to you, because sure. he'll tell it better. Yeah. He was a kid in West Virginia and West Virginia was not diverse. I mean, very segregated. Um, even when there was desegregation, it was still 
you know, for all intents and purposes, segregated. And so he was walking down his street to go into downtown Bluefield and had to go through what was then the, the black part of town. And so with fear and trepidation, he entered and he saw these four men sitting on the stairs of a little local store just drinking Coke on the porch. And one of them must have seen that he looked a little nervous and so called out to him and said, hey, I see you. you. You look like you're a little anxious there. I think you should sit here with us and have a Coke. <laughs> and so he did. And that started a relationship that really God brought into his life. Because, I mean, every relationship is divine intervention. Every person you meet is a divine, divinely appointed encounter. Um, and relationship is what changes everything. I mean, I think that's that's the big thing that we need to remember going forward is that we have to be with people who are different than us, who whose lives don't look exactly the same. I mean, that's the thing that I try as, as hard as I can to to do in my own life, that I have to ask myself tough questions like, all right, if, if everyone who I talk with and everyone who influences me and every podcast I listen to and every book that I read is from a voice that's exactly the same as mine or very similar, mm-hmm. there's something wrong. Yeah. yeah. Because I need to have other voices speaking into my life that are coming from different perspectives. Um, and so I try and be as intentional as I can about getting other voices. And hopefully, I mean, I pray having the humility to put aside what my eyes can see so that I allow other eyes to to influence my vision. Um, I mean, that's I have three kids. That's one of the things that I pray with every night, two prayers, that we would love and know God more and that we would see other people the way that God sees them. And we can't do that if we stay in our own path. We have to be willing to allow other people and other voices to influence us that don't live the same kind of life with us. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. That's great. That was so good. I feel like I've been talking a lot. Yeah. You are the guest. You're so, yeah, <laughs> you're very interesting. Amy. All right, Amy, hit up the soapbox. The soapbox music. Welcome to 27 West Podcast Soapbox. That's right. All right. It's intense. For this part of the show, we all talk about something that we either love or hate that we would stand on a soapbox and tell everyone. Yeah. Scott, do you want to go first? Do you yeah, have I one? have one. So the other day I went to go get my son, Mac, a passport. Ugh. Yeah. And um, I had all the paperwork ready to go. And she goes, can I see your license? And so I gave her my license. And it was actually like two days after my birthday. She goes, oh, your license is expired. I'm like, what? And I looked, and it was expired. And she's like, you have to go. Here's, you have to go do this. So come back. So then I went to the the DMV down in downtown Wheaton. Nice place. Good people. Hey, I mean, it's nice. I like that one. That one's nice. It's It's, like an express one. Yeah, it's like express. They're friendly. And um, I did all the stuff. And, um, okay, so I got my passport. They gave me temporary license. But then I got my license. And it expires in 2022. It's 2018. See, here's why I have it. Here's my soapbox. In Arizona, the great state of Arizona, they give you a license and it lasts for like 75 to 100 years. No joke. (laughs) Which is not good because you could be 16 and 80 and have the same license. Right. 
But come on, four years, Illinois. It is always four. My license expires. Oh yeah, you better check your yeah, license. Yeah, mine expires people. soon. That thirty dollars is going to be expensive. I mean, I actually didn't. Even I know feel that. like I never knew that though, because I move so much, so I have to always yeah. get new addresses. Higher and so, taxes, oh, yeah. paying license fees. I mean, come on. That is weird about Arizona, though. Yeah. Because well, you could yeah. look, you could get it when you turn sixteen. And you'll be eighty. And you could be eighty yeah. and be like, I don't think this is you. They're yeah. just all out like chilling in the sun, like, ah, we don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. Dan yeah, the, leather, the leather face. <laughs> yeah. He looks the same now that yeah. he did. I have a soapbox. Okay, what is it? I think that when people mm, okay. When compliments turn into disses. Oh, okay. I'm against it. Uh, like the ass actually. The, I was telling someone this story the other day, and I just thought it, I forgot how funny this was. And this is a soapbox that I need to share. Previously, I used to do video announcements. Like, I was the face of at, video at announcements church. at another church. Oh, yeah. And um, one day I was in the lobby, and some guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, you're the video announcement girl, aren't you? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Amy. Like, nice to meet you. He introduces himself. Then he proceeds to say, wow, you really look thinner in real life. <laughs> and I Thank I didn't know how to respond. I was like, thanks. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was trying to be nice, but maybe he, like, it did not turn out nice. So then his wife was sitting next to him, and I was like, oh, good. His wife's going to come in, fix the situation. And she's like, yeah, you do. And she was like, oh, yeah. Like, you look different. <laughs> and I was like, okay, thanks. Nice to meet you guys. Bye. Yeah. But they meant the best, I think. Probably. But it did not she turn in. She never did a video announcement after that. Right. No, right. it was done. Yeah, done. that was done. That's so like anyway. when people say actually in a compliment. You actually, actually look, look really good nice today. today. Oh, yeah. thanks. So I guess the point of my soapbox is if you compliment someone, just compliment them. Yeah. And don't expire your licenses so quick. So yeah. what, do, what do you have? Okay. So my the other thing that I have not disclosed about myself is I was an English teacher. Oh, English secondary ed major at Wheaton College. Taught English. I love, I love reading. I really did love teaching, and grammar is important to me, though not always because there's differences in conversational English and even texting. Even though I do make my husband text me with the right punctuation, not everybody, but I make Mike do it. Yeah, which is such endearing work. That's a sign of getting old, right there. Yeah, (laughs) I know. So, surprise, I'm 80. Period. Um, You sound great. Thank you. (laughs) But the thing that does really get under my skin, because most most grammar stuff doesn't. Like commas are hard. I get that. I'm not going to hold you to perfection in commas. However, the apostrophe. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. The apostrophe is is a very doable punctuation mark. But people like to, you know, make everything possessive. Like we love apostrophe S on things where it shouldn't mm-hmm. be apostrophe S, where it's supposed to be plural. Um, and especially in things that should like are professionally done, signs, signs everywhere have apostrophes yeah. wrong. Yeah. So, okay, so so if you see the Murrays. Yeah, with apostrophe S. I'm going to want, like, if you have one of those little stones in your yard, I'm going to want to come and, like, You'll little, take that apostrophe yeah, off. I know, maybe yeah. There were, I read this article about these vigilante grammar correctors, which oh, sounds awesome. Sounds they carry, awesome. yeah, nope. right? How yeah. cool are those Not people? Not really. They carry, like, white out and Sharpies in all oh. different colors, oh, wow. and they find signs where the 
the punctuation is wrong yeah. and they like, like white them out or write it in. The where worst it's supposed is to go. how cool is that? Quotations. Oh yeah. In the, have you seen that? Like oh yes. I see that all over like yeah. signs for like, like stores and stuff. Quote, like please wash your hands. Yeah. Like do you not want me to wash <laughs> my hands? Yeah. Or do you? Oh, it's you guys scary. are such nerds. Just pretend like you wash your hands. <laughs> oh, see, it's weird. Yeah, I'm this with is you. Stuff. Oh. You're going to start seeing apostrophes in the wrong places. Oh, my everywhere. gosh. What about semicolons and colons? When do you, when do you those use those? Those are... Yeah. You want me to tell? You don't want me to tell you. No, I'm not I don't gonna really. Waste air time yeah, I just wanted you to make you feel important. Actually, go yeah. to school yeah. and figure it okay. out. But those are trickier. I get it. But yeah, apostrophe, a bit it's conquerable. Yeah, I agree. You can do an apostrophe, people. Just, just try. Especially if you're going to be smacking out, smacking it out like you know, in your house. Yeah, gra- words though too. Like it's not supposedly. Supposedly, yeah, or uh, supposedly for all intensive purposes. Yeah, I saw. I heard you say it correctly today, and I yeah. was like, a lot of people What's don't the say real, that intense. And, and purposes well, for all intents. So if you have like a certain mumble intent it. or a certain purpose, Whoa. not an intensive purpose. I'm going to start if, saying <laughs> intensive purpose. What if you're really intensive with that person? <laughs> purpose. I'm going to lift this table in intensive. Intensive, purposeful way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. So Who knew you were a nerd? <laughs> Who knew? Lots of people yeah, I, I knew. I, I kind of knew. Yeah, many, many kind people knew. Of. I read lots, read lots of books. Too. Yeah, I watch Doctor Who. What's your favorite book? Oh man, that's really tricky. I did just read an awesome one called Americana, which is written by a Nigerian woman and follows a- another Nigerian woman and a man actually who um, one of them comes to the United States and just their journey and what it means to be an immigrant. And so it was. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. And again, another way that you can you know try and see. A new experience and a different situation that yeah, things sure. that you wouldn't even think about having right. to deal with being part of you know majority culture and living here your whole life. Awesome. Well, thanks Heather for joining us today. Yeah, thanks. Oh, this is great. I had a so blast. Fun. I learned Loved so it. much about you, and I thought I knew you before, so this is great. Wow. Well, to find out more about our podcast and subscribe, head to twenty seven westpodcastcom and follow us on Instagram at twenty seven westpodcast. Thanks to Josh Dix for producing this episode, Amy Mueller for being our musical artist, and Scott Murray for being my sidekick. Hey. I'm Amy Salava, and we'll see you next time.